a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Environmentalists might be losing the battle on climate change. A little bit of surprise because most people actually want a cleaner planet. Most people want to be very careful stewards of the environment, leave it a little better than they found it, and make sure it goes on for their children and grandchildren. President Biden is waving the executive order pen once again as it relates to climate. Uh, but there's a lesson in here that I think is, is real crucial, and that is you can actually lose a winning issue if you don't engage the public in the right way. So when you replace real community outreach and a strategic communication plan with short-sighted executive orders from Washington, it tends to be a recipe for disaster. Uh, Someone who understands that really well, Henry Olson, columnist at the Washington Post, a senior fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center, had a great piece in the Washington Post uh, and talking about uh, the president declaring a national emergency on climate. And uh, Henry, thanks for joining us today. And uh, give us the case. Uh, The president saying we have a climate emergency. Why is that the wrong way to go at a big problem? Well, it's the wrong way to go at this problem, in part because, first of all, it's not really an emergency, you know, that it's not something that's suddenly come up and was unexpected. This is just another political problem. And secondly, because the United States can't solve the problem on its own. You could eliminate all carbon emissions from the United States economy, which would, of course, be devastating. And the rest of the world would still be spewing out enough greenhouse gases to warm the planet. So you've got an order that bypasses, or if the climate activists get their way, would bypass the political process up in the American economy and wouldn't even solve the problem they want to address. Yeah, one of the things you noted in uh, in your piece, Henry, was that uh, even the Environmental Protection Agency uh, says that the United States is only 15 percent of global greenhouse emissions. And uh, so this is one of those that even if we did it all, even if we devastated our economy, uh, that's still just sort of a, a drop in the bucket, so to speak, in terms of actually making a difference on the climate issue. That's exactly right. And the, the other thing is that, you know, one of the reasons why developed countries have been looking good on climate scorecards, that they've been decreasing their uh, carbon footprint, is because we've been shipping manufacturing overseas. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? It means that these uh, things that we're buying are being built in countries that have dirtier sources of energy and then expend a lot of energy, which is climate harming greenhouse gases, to get the goods back to us. <laughs> So it's not at all clear that there's a net gain involved, and there's nothing that a climate emergency would do to reduce or even solve or address that real issue that is driving climate change. Yeah, uh, and I, I think that's so critical because sometimes we think, oh, you know, we'll we'll do this, but then we're you know begging Saudi Arabia to up their oil production, which again we know is dirtier, has to be transported. All of all of the things that you just laid out there. Um, another important part of, of all of this, you, you actually said that uh, 
one of the ways uh, to fight climate change uh, would would be the the real uh, heavy-handed, almost draconian way in in going after sort of a global trade war. Explain what that would look like and uh, why the results uh, may not be what we think. Yeah, so, you know, the developing world, China, India, and other places, produce more than half of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. And a lot of that is to make things that then get shipped back to us. And we do that because it's cheaper. And part of the reasons it's cheaper is because they're using dirtier fuel. They're using cheap coal to burn electricity, uh, to burn to make electricity rather than what we do. So climate activists have talked about adding a price to that those goods in order to balance out the carbon difference. Well, that would start a trade war. You know, you think that the tariffs on China are causing problems. Now, imagine if everything we imported to China had an additional tariff because they burn coal rather than natural gas. Multiply that by the rest of the world, and you're talking about a global trade war that will make everybody poorer. Yeah, and the impact would just be devastating. And and those uh, devastating impacts would actually impact the poor and the most vulnerable the most. Uh, and, and obviously there's there's many who are frustrated because Congress hasn't you know passed laws or, or taken a big initiative there. Uh, what are some of the lessons or what are some of the approaches that might work in approaching this maybe in a little different way? You know, I think, first of all, if you want to make Americans sacrifice to save the planet or help reduce global warming, you should probably tell them they have to sacrifice. Um the fact is that climate activists have wanted higher prices for gasoline and energy for a long time, but no one's ever told them they had to pay it to help reduce global warming. And so now we've got $5 a gallon gasoline and everyone's up in arms. If you want the American people to back you, you actually have to tell the American people what you want to do and get them behind you. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> the communication strategy has to be equal to the policy strategy uh, in the end, or the American people are just not uh, buying what you're selling. Uh, what else should we be uh, watching for? Uh, obviously, the pressure on this, the pressure that President Biden is clearly feeling from uh, that portion of the Democratic base. Uh, what should we be watching for? What should we be worried about uh, as it relates to what comes what? next? I think you should be worried worried about anything that Biden does that will bypass the political process to try and drive rapid change, because what that means is industries that are upended and prices that will rise in the affected areas. He hasn't really moved in that direction, and it's not clear the courts would let him, but anything that he moves in that direction for is something that would add to an already worse, uh, worsening inflation problem. Yeah, and and so often uh, we always say that what is done by executive order shall be undone by executive order, and if not, uh, someone will file a lawsuit, and that's why the courts continue to be so political in, in terms of the the battles there. Uh, anything else on the horizon uh, to be watching for in terms of uh, are, are there any you know narrow bills or narrow approaches uh, percolating anywhere in Congress that might uh, say okay, there's there's a step forward. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of stuff that, you know, the thing is that the Democrats have the majority and the Democratic energy on this issue on big, sweeping, transformative change. You know, what I think people should think about is things like subsidizing nuclear energy. That's one of the biggest ways you can quickly reduce um, greenhouse gas emissions is to switch from any sort of fossil fuel generation to uh, clean nuclear plants. And also think subsidizing uh, battery research, because if you have 
the ability to store large amounts of energy from solar or wind power, then what that lets you do is uh, move more towards renewable. Until, but until we get massive batteries that can fuel industry, we're not going to see the sort of breakthroughs that people want from uh, solar and wind and hydro, uh, you know, hydro uh, power and other renewable clean sources. And I think that a bill that would try and uh, jumpstart battery research would be something wouldn't make an effect now, but could make a huge effect 10 years from now. Uh, fantastic. Henry Olson, columnist at The Washington Post, senior fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center. Uh, Henry, always appreciate your perspective. Great writing, great insight. Uh, appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks for having me back. All right. That's, uh, again, a lot of great insight there. Doing this by executive order stuff, declaring an emergency for uh, something that just does not fit the definition of a national emergency in any way, shape, or form in terms of being sudden, in terms of being short-term. Uh, I think we all agree, and I think there is vast agreement that we do need to do some things uh, as it relates to that. But let's not do them by executive order uh, with a cell phone and a pen. Uh, let's make sure Congress does its job, and let's make sure we actually get to things that will produce real results. Uh, we can't, on one hand, uh, reduce our own production here and as it relates to fossil fuels and then go beg uh, the Middle East to produce more. It's dirtier. It's less clean. It's less safe. It has to be transported. Uh, Henry also talked about manufacturing, and we've taken all of that overseas. Less clean, less effective, worse for the climate, worse for the environment. And we have to get past that kind of thing. And I think the thing that struck me most about what Henry said is that if we really want to do this, we actually have to have an honest conversation with the American people. And we have to make the case that there will be sacrifice. That sacrifice might be really high gas prices. That sacrifice uh, could come in a host of different ways. Uh, But we can't just have this happy talk that we're going to have this painless transition to a green economy. The American people are willing to sacrifice for sure, but you got to make the case. Uh, and you don't make the case with a cell phone and a pen. You have to do it by persuasion and by having a communication strategy. We'll step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of those small bills that Hen- Henry was talking about. Laser-focused precision action in Congress can actually get some things done. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.